0: you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: Turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, one of my favorite chapters in God's Word. Amazing stuff here. Paul now gets very personal and real in verse 2. He says, I implore Iodia... And I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Now, I can imagine that, that these are probably just first century problems. They're not today problems when it comes to two women arguing in the church. You know, this doesn't happen in our modern world, right? <laughs> we wish. We only wish. But I can surmise two things from this. One is the thing that we can conclude is that they're both prominent women within the church. We're going to see that in a moment. The second thing that we can conclude is that this was not a private matter. This was something that was well known amongst the whole church. The same as when Paul called out the man in 1 Corinthians, whom he doesn't name, who was having an inappropriate relationship with his stepmother. It was something that was well known. Everybody knew it. And this obviously is something that's well known and everybody knows about. Otherwise, Paul probably would have been a little bit more discreet. But he calls this out and he says, hey, you ladies, Iodia and Syntyche, he says, be of the same mind in the Lord. I can think of half a dozen times over the 18 years of our church history that there have been specifically two women who just were not getting along within the church. Now, I, I'm not going to say that it's only women, because we've had men who didn't get along. But the difference is, and this is the weird difference of this, is it's, when it's with the man, it's the whole family. But sometimes when it's just with the women, the husbands are like, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't see the problem. And yet there's this... Clash in personalities that just doesn't seem to go away, and it usually gets to the point where one woman sees the other woman, usually both strong personalities, and they see the other person, and they're just saying, there's no way that person can be saved. There's no way that that person is of the Lord. In fact, they're of the devil. You know, that's usually where it goes, you know, and it's, I remember one time early on, you know, I'm just a young pastor. I've never even dealt with this. This is the first one. And this lady comes into my office and she's like, this was her best friend, by the way. And she's like, that woman, you know, and she just like starts telling me all this stuff. And I was like, you know, huh? what do I do? You know, and it wasn't a day later that the other woman came in and she started telling me all this stuff about the other woman. You know, it's like they've been in some sort of quarrel with each other and they thought Pastor Mike's going to deal with it thanks you know (laughs) and there was one occasion years ago this is probably about seven or so years ago and neither of these women go to our church they've all moved away but so I can tell the story freely (laughs) there was these two women who just were not getting along and and literally it was just a personality difference but they did not like each other and it was just intense and it was boiling up And, and I was just like what do we do about this and both of them had come and said hey you know I, you know, I'm not getting along with this person and I, you know, I just don't get it. And, you know, all this stuff and frustrations and all those things. And finally, one of them came to to me and said, the Lord told, I was praying about this. And the Lord told me that you and Jesse were going to, you were going to have wisdom. God was going to give you wisdom and know what to do. And I was like, okay. Well, the next week, Jesse and I were on a plane to Alaska, and we were scouting for the very first time to go up to Alaska. As he was preparing to, you know, praying about going there, and so we were just going to go scout and see what the Lord had for them and whatever. And it was on the way home. We were in Seattle. We had just gotten on a, a midnight flight in Homer, and now we're in Seattle. Our flights in the morning, so we're just kind of sitting there, all you know, rummy and you know, tired, and waiting till morning to sit in the airport until we can get on our flight, and we're exhausted. And we decided, for whatever reason, just to open up the book of Philippians and read it and comment where we wanted to comment. And Jesse was reading chapter 4, and he read this passage, Theodia and Syntyche, agree in the Lord. And I just knew it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, that's the answer right there. And so we got them together, and we just said, Philippians chapter 4, agree in the Lord. (laughs) I've seen the Lord use you. I've seen the Lord use you. You guys may run on different wavelengths, on different tracks, whatever the case, but you just need to agree in the Lord. I I think, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday, and it was the first time it ever occurred to me, but I think that what the woman thought, that when the Lord was going to tell Jesse and I what the solution was, is that we were going to realize what a snake the other lady was and kick her out of the church. (laughs) But instead... Very true to what the Lord spoke to her. The Lord showed us this passage and it was just obvious. And so we, we told them and, and they stopped fighting. It was just kind of a beautiful thing. Verse three, he says, I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and the rest of the fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And so Paul calls on this person, he calls him true companion. The word companion actually in the, in the Greek is yoke fellow. And it's, it's speculated. It, could this be this guy's name? Because, you know, of course, Barnabas was Joseph And they started calling him Barnabas because he was a son of encouragement. And maybe they started calling this guy yoke fellow because every time something big was happening, he came and held up the arms of the guy next to him and, and was just one of those guys who, who was there always. And so maybe that's what they called him. Maybe they were protecting his name, but it it seems obvious that whoever this true companion is was somebody that they would know who Paul's talking about. And so here's he saying, this guy, I want you to mediate with these women. I want you to sit down with them and help them to figure it out. This is obviously somebody who's mature in the Lord. And sometimes we do need that. As a church, we have done mediation between two parties many, many times. Maybe there was a dispute on a financial thing, or or maybe there was a fight between people's kids and and we had to sit down with families and say, okay, let's work this out. Because the problem is, is when when we get hit with something and we're agitated and, and we know people are angry with us, and I don't know what it is about somebody being angry with you, but it just kind of ruins your day. Right, you know somebody's upset with you, and you don't sleep at night, and you're mulling it over, and like, why are they so mad at me? You know, how can they have to see reason? And in that agitation, it's really easy as you read the Bible, just to read and see. Can't they see? Look, it's all here, and, and we don't see anything pertaining to our side of things. We only see things pertaining to what they should see. Isn't just that the way that it is? Everybody else should do the right thing all the time, but they should always have grace on me. Right? And that's just the way human nature works. And so he, he says, No, you guys need a mediator. Somebody who can sit down, open up the Word of God, and say, This is what the Word of God says. You know, you guys have to forgive each other. You have to agree in the Lord, agree to disagree, whatever it may be, but to realize that we're all in this together. Now, Paul, he reminds them of something, and we don't really have much information about it other than this. He says, Clement also. So these, these women labored in the gospel, and he reminds them of a specific time. It was that specific time when Clement was with us. And Clement was maybe leading a missions trip, or maybe Clement was instrumental in whatever they were doing as they shared the gospel. But he says, Clement also and the rest of the fellow workers, it was that time when they were all together. And then notice this, whose names are in the book of life. All y'all's names. They're all in the book of life. And I think Paul, he adds this little detail because he wants to put things into perspective. Your name's in the book of life. Her name's in the book of life. Jesus wrote you both in the book of life. And so when you die, when you stand on that day, Jesus isn't going to be there with an eraser like, well, Yodia, you know, you know about her and erasing her name out of the book of life. He's saying, hey, you're both saved. You, you both ministered in the gospel. Whatever this dispute is, and Paul probably has information about what the dispute is. We don't. But he knows that it's something that they maybe just need to decide to agree upon. And whether they agree to disagree and just move on and accept each other as, as sisters or whether they need to come to a conclusion on the matter, I don't know. But Paul is saying, hey, all of you are in the book of life. And, and that just puts it in a different light. Jesus has forgiven you. He's accepted you. And and he even prayed that that you would be as one, even as he is one in, in John chapter 15. So listen, instead of fighting, verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So we rejoice and then we rejoice, right? You, you make sure that you are, your joy is in the Lord. And, and, you know, as we think about everything that Jesus, and I think when we think about, you know, Jesus said, rejoice that your names are in the book of life. Remember we said that? Don't rejoice that the demons are subject to you, but rejoice that your name is in the book of life. And if anybody should get up every single morning and, and open their eyes and realize their sinful flesh has been forgiven by Jesus Christ because he died on the cross in their place, and that he rose from the grave, and that he took that pen and wrote in his own blood their name in the book of life. And we should wake up and say,
0: Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemment.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies with over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos. There's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless.